Hey, I'm Terry Molinero, and I believe that we as the body of Christ are here for such a time as this. I love to say this, blessed to be a blessing, that we are called to be a light. And look, friends, if we don't do it, if we aren't the light, who's going to be the light? The body of Christ has always been a house of action. And hey, who says we can't have some fun along the way? Terry, it's Ryan Seacrest. You're in broadcast. I'm trying to be in broadcast. We have something in common. Good luck to you at Seacrest House. This is the Church Axe Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Church Acts Podcast, and uh, I don't know what it was about today's episode, but I was having such a difficult time getting to this point where I can actually sit down in front of the microphone and record, and I don't want to be a person who is just saying, oh, you know, like, this is uh, this for a reason, like, and there's a reason why this, you know, episode, you know, we, something didn't want it to be, like, released or whatever, but if we push that all aside, there's some really powerful truths that I want to talk to you about today. And it's something that's simple. And I think it's something that is so simple that it can be almost glossed over. And we and when we gloss over this, I really feel like we set ourselves up for, um, for I don't know, living suboptimal lives. Not in a motivational sense of things, but I think when it comes to spiritual matters, you know, and I think what's going to cause a lot of us to fall short. So I want to talk about it today. Of course, the title, you've already seen it. It's called Supplemental Christianity. What does that even mean? Well, you're going to find out in a couple of minutes. But uh, before we begin, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the show. And by the way, thank you so much. You noticed uh, more people um, have followed the show or subscribed or you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, if this is maybe your first time, welcome. My name is Terry. And if you're reoccurring, uh, of course, so grateful to have you along. If you feel to share it, hey, I'm not going to force anyone. Obviously, I couldn't do that. But uh, that really helps out the show by just getting it out there. And if you want to leave a review, hey, I appreciate that as well. But if not, that's totally fine. We're here uh, for one purpose, and that's to become more and more um, you know, people who have a bias towards action, going out there, being the hands and feet, not just sitting around being lazy, not just sitting around theorizing about things, but actually taking action. And uh, if I can do that by maybe talking about some things like in today's case that I've been through or that God's been showing me and it really helps you in your life, then that's a super win. So thanks for being here and let's jump right in. So things start to happen when we have a bias towards action. Said in another way, momentum comes from movement, right? Look at something like hunger even. I remember listening to one person talk about fasting. They said, the first few days are really the hardest, but then right around day three to five, if you're not eating, your hunger will start to disappear. And if you keep not eating, eventually starvation occurs and it sets in. They went on to say that when you are coming out of a long fast, when your your hunger just subsides, you don't just go to the local like steakhouse and order the biggest thing on the menu because you haven't eaten in 20 days or whatever it is. Instead, you have to slowly build the hunger back by eating many small meals over time. How many times have you heard someone admit that no matter how hard they try, they cannot get into the word? They can't seem to stir it up within themselves, the ability to pray even. They try once, they try twice, nothing happens, or it seems to be such a difficult thing to stay awake or to stay focused that they just go, oh, well, you know, I guess prayer and I guess devotions, they're, they're not really for me. Big point number one today, we hunger for what we feed ourselves with. It's the same thing as the example that I shared just a few moments ago. When the people are trying to get their hunger back, they need to slowly start introducing the food, introducing the nourishment to their bodies. And then before you know it, the benefits of that food will start the incredible machine that is our human bodies 
and our energy will return along with like, you know, vitality. And then most importantly for this podcast sake and example sake, our hunger will return when we start to feed ourselves again. What am I feeding myself with? Figuratively speaking, if my life was a glass right now, what would it be full of? I wonder what would be taking up the most room. I wonder if I could see it like a literal glass in front of me. Just imagine that on your table or wherever you are, just sitting in front of you. If, if it was a glass, what would, what would be in my glass? You know, if I'm being honest, I would probably see a lot of things. I'd see my relationships. I'd see what I do for work, the dreams and the ideas that I'm constantly thinking about. I'd see hobbies and leisure, and I'd probably see a poster of Dave Ramsey and Ryan Seacrest, right? I would imagine that this glass would also be just shy of full to the top. Maybe this is just the way I'm perceiving it, but that's a discussion for another time. You know what I didn't see represented in a substantial way, though, in my glass? If I like right now, I'm doing this exercise myself and thinking about it. A big portion set aside for the Holy Spirit, a portion that was substantial, that was set aside for time with God. What's in your glass? Is the Holy Spirit in time with God present? Maybe are we already full? I know that as people, especially as, you know, a type, um, you know, a type rather personalities, we can think that we have endless capacity. I can just expand it. You know, I, I do have more room, more room, but that's not true. See, our capacities can expand. Our glasses can get bigger, but it's our current state that I want us to stop and really think about today. Because if right now, all of a sudden, using the glass analogy, suddenly my glass grew to a pitcher what do you think I would fill it up with? I love to say the areas that I lack in, right? Because that's, that's us thinking about the best versions of ourselves. But the truth is with more capacity just comes greater capacity for what we are already so focused on doing. That's why we need to focus on filling our current states up with the proper things so that when our capacity increases, it will only be more of a good thing. So I bet you're wondering where the title came from. Originally, I was going to call it actually uh, something a little bit strange, but I got a look from, uh, from Magna. I was going to call it treating God like protein powder, but instead I landed on a supplemental Christianity. What in the world does that even mean? What am I referring to? And is that applicable to you and I? Well, recently Magna and I have been uh, continuing on this health journey that we're on. And I'll tell you what, naturally I have a thinner frame, right? Do you know what happens when you have a thinner frame? Something interesting. I've I actually seen more women than men fall into this trap, but it can happen in, uh, to both and apply to both. So you can slip by unnoticed compared to someone who carries a lot of extra weight easily while being what people call skinny fat. Now I'm not like shaming anyone, but just, just track with me. I'm talking about myself. So you're thin, you're, you're on the thinner side, but also completely unhealthy at the same time. So I set out many years ago working out and you know what? It turns out that consistently showing up works. I've been putting on muscle. I've noticed recently that my overall like flexibility, mobility have dramatically improved. Like I'm some 98 year old or something. I can actually bend over, grab underneath my feet when before you should have seen it. Like I could just barely go past my knees because my hamstrings were so tight and it was pretty embarrassing. Megan was like, are you serious? Are you joking? I was like, yeah, it hurts. Okay. And she'd like try to like force me. I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't like what was it? Not dance moms, but it wasn't there like something with like the gymnasts on TLC and they're like making them stretch and they're crying. I was like, I don't know if this is helpful, but uh, that's not what she did by the way. But my flexibility was pretty bad. But then I started to notice that I hit this plateau. So everything was increasing, you know, flexibility is increasing. And then I started to hit this plateau. It wasn't the training because I was training hard, but for whatever reason, I wasn't noticing the results that I wanted to notice. And then I was hit with what everyone who has ever achieved anything in fitness will tell you. It is 80% your diet, only 20% of what you do in the gym. 
Some people even uh, say it's even more. So I started tracking the things that I ate. And I'll tell you what, I was eating significantly more than I thought. I started noticing the content of things like pasta, because I'm Italian, right? And cheese, because once again, I'm Italian. And how the drinks that we buy when we're out just add up and stack against you over time. So I just made the conscious decision, not out of like panic, but I just was curious about this. So I started to like cut back and cut out a lot of those things, making sure I traded them for things like maybe chicken breast, you know, greens along with like a good source of carb and, you know, fats, all this stuff. Side note, here I try to stay within, um, you know, specific calorie targets, but I really pay attention to protein as my primary metric right now, if people are wondering. So I'm looking at that with my carbs and fats. And one thing that I noticed was I was severely under my daily protein intake needed to gain muscle, like by half. So what did I do? I started trying to aim for like one gram of protein per pound of weight. So around 180 grams of protein a day. Now that has been and will continue to get me to where I want to go if I keep showing up in the gym and eating well. But have you ever tried to eat that much protein in your life, like intentionally? Like it's possible. And I've learned a few tricks that really help me But at first I was like, this is impossible. Like I'm looking at this and like at the end of the day, as I was tracking stuff, I'm like, I'm getting like 60 grams here. Like, how am I supposed to get another 120? Like, what am I supposed to do? Eat like 50 eggs a day and blend a few chicken breasts with my smoothie in the morning. Like this is, I thought it was ridiculous. So what did I do? Well, I tried to get as much protein as possible into my diet, but then to top me off in order to hit my goals, I supplement with like a pea and whey protein powder. So maybe my morning smoothie naturally becomes, um, you know, because of the Greek yogurt and fruit has some like protein in it, right? But when I'm done adding the powders to it, my breakfast will always fall between like 55 and 75 grams, which uh, puts me well on my way to reaching my goals. Now, this has not turned into a bro podcast. This is not like, oh yeah, we're talking about like deadlifting or anything like that. But hear me here, what I'm talking about. I think of it, like a chart with dips and supplementing the protein powder fills in those dips so that I can hit my goal. So think of like a flat line and then where you're deficient in your diet, it dips down, but then the protein comes just like a, like you can use any analogy here, like leveling sand or dirt or whatever, just fills in the gaps and makes the whole surface just smooth. Now, as I mentioned, this isn't a nutrition podcast. I just know that God sometimes speaks to me in the simple things. And the other day it hit me, am I, Are we supplementing God in our lives? Are we treating God like a supplement? What do I mean? Well, why do you take a supplement as we just spoke about? You can't fully sustain yourself by taking it by itself. They are to supplement the areas we are deficient in. You can't just eat protein powder by itself, right? See, that's why a lot of us are having these ups and these downs and lives like that. We're feeling down. So we go to God, boom, lifts us up again to the baseline. Then we continue to live our lives the way we want to. And then back down we go. It's up, it's down, up and down. We have our glass that represents our lives. We have all these things from work to relationships, to hobbies and interests, which can all be good things, right? But the problem is we live this little sliver. Rather, we leave this little sliver at the top for God. So right when our lives start to pour over and things start to feel overwhelming and out of control, we quickly pour a little God in, you know, in it to cover the gap. Here's the thing. Our human intelligence is catching on and patterns are being formed. And thus we fall into this like supplementing God type of life. Who do we think we are kidding when we do that though? Like we, we do it. We don't really think about it, but we do it. And it's like, who are we kidding? Right? Cause I think there is, um, 
I'll just speak for myself. Like, I feel like when I'm falling into these routines that obviously I know are not good. Hello. I feel like, oh, you know, this is, this is fine. This is, this is okay. But like, who are we kidding here? Okay. A month or so uh, ago, I took my parents' lawnmower out of the garage to prepare it for like the grass cutting season. Now that it's summertime is uh, at the time of recording this, uh, this podcast. So I turned the key and of course, after sitting all winter, the battery was drained. So like I, I rolled it over, you know, to the vehicle, got the cables out, boosted it. Now check this out. It was so drained that even after boosting it for a little bit, as soon as they took the cables off, it still wouldn't start. Put the cables back on and it did. That's what we're doing when we're supplementing Christianity and God in our lives. As long as we stay connected, hey, it's all good. The engine is running fine. But as soon as we disconnect, back down we go. To take the analogy further, our lawnmower will only start holding a charge if that engine runs and I actually cut the grass for a bit with it. It won't hold the charge if I just like disconnect the cables and then turn it off. It's only when I keep the engine running and start cutting the grass. It's only when the machine and engine are doing what they are meant to do over an extended period of time that the power generated from the action of doing what it is meant to do will keep the battery charged. You see the correlation here? Psalm 91 verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He or she who dwells, not occasionally visits, but dwells. So let me read something that is tough to hear. I know that we all hear so much all the time and it's easy not to uh, uh, lean in and really listen. Sometimes I'm guilty of this, even with podcasts, I'm like driving and I just do it because it's what I always do. And then I don't actually pay attention to what people are saying. But if you could really lean in for a second, check this out. In the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of 2 Timothy, um, I believe it's, I, I think, is it chapter one? I forget exactly where it is, but it says, in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Did you hear that? They will act religious but they will reject the power that can make them godly. It's because of that, that we read Jesus's words in Matthew 7, verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That is extremely, that is honestly extremely sad. Listen, this is not something that has happened yet, right? This is not some story that we're reading about. There is going to be a day, a year according to our human measurements, that people are going to be so deceived, so confused because they lived a supplemental Christian life. When times get tough, I'll go to God. But other than that, I got it. Jesus goes on to say, hey, I'm going to tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I don't know if I should really bring this up, but I'm going to try to bring it up in, um, you know, as as professional and G-rated uh, way as possible. But uh, it wasn't too long ago that I heard a I heard about this group of people who are Christians, and it's like Christians who want to um, act out sexually, and they form like this little like these groups, and they're just like doing all their stuff within this, but like under the banner of Christianity. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
I, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say, you know? And uh, I think about the people around me, you know, um, from podcasts in the past, like we have house churches and, and people are coming in and out of my home and they're, and they're sharing stories. And I see the things that people struggle with. And I see even in my own life, you know, as much as I want to like, you know, pursue God and I'm going to live this life of holiness, not, not like one of perfection. Cause I know that, you know, it's no one's perfect. Right. But it's like progression. And so I'm progression progressing rather. And then I see all the stuff that gets thrown my way. And it's just like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. People saying to themselves, when times get tough, Hey, I'll go to God. But other than that, I got it. Uh, but then once again, Jesus says, Hey, I'm going to tell them plainly. I never knew you depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. And I think that um, it's easy to point the finger at people and uh, have people come to our minds and say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I want to pray for this person because they did this thing that was somehow public. But like, what about the things that happen in private? You know, what about our thought life? What about us? What about looking at ourselves and our own lives and putting ourselves and holding ourselves to that standard? You know, what about me saying, Terry, you are, you're speaking into people's lives on the podcast and for, for like a decade you spoke on the radio, but how does your life actually look and uh, where is it pointing people towards if all they saw was your actions or your thoughts or whatever, right? And um, I think people are going to say, but wait, you know, I thought that since God maybe answered me when I did go to him in prayer because I served in the church, you know, because I was a good person that he approved of my choices and the life I was living. But listen, God is not like you and I. He is abounding in love. But can you have love apart from justice? Like, let's think about this for a second. Is it loving to be unjust? Can he make exceptions and be just? If exceptions were made, that would not be justice. And somebody who's unjust cannot truly love. The literal definition of unjust is not based on or behaving accordingly or according to what is morally right and fair. My friends, can I ask you, when did we allow our feelings and emotions to take the place of God? I'm not talking about the ones who fall into temptation and repent because they want to do what is right and recognize that they are progressing and getting rid of sin in their life. But the ones who go, yeah, that is the word of God, but I know God to be full of love. Like he, he totally understands that is a complete lack of the fear of the Lord. God does not bow to our preferences, right? This is something that we need to recognize. Have you ever thought something or believed something and you were so sure of it until evidence came that showed you something else? And think about even the invention of the car, you know, before the car, horses and trains, these were the things looked to for transportation. There was no better way, but look where we are today. I'm sure people were convinced that the best way to travel was by horse. But now we have like bullet trains and jet planes, autonomous vehicles, just because you genuinely believe something does not make it fact. In that example, people thought that they knew the best way to travel, but in a different place, in a different set of circumstances, a greater truth is revealed. And this is how it's going to be one day. See, we have the way we do things as humans here on earth. We have the way that it's done. If we aren't careful, we're going to lean on that to the point where we become one with the systems of this world. Here's the thing. What seems right to man here on earth is going to instantly seem very different when we're standing before God, right? I remember one person and um, they, they were a Christian and they basically told me, hey, this is the new life I want to live. This is the new lifestyle. And I asked them about that. I was like, like, how can you, how can you, how can you say these things? How can you be doing these things? And they said to me, well, I don't think I'd want to serve a God who doesn't accept me how I am. 
that's uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective right there. Okay, so so you don't want to serve God if God does not agree to you. Are you God? Are you God? What's going on here? Right? There's just this disconnect, right? The truth is, there are going to be those who hear that the things that I just spoke about, uh, but the pull is just so strong in them. The pull for a perception of a life that is not even all that there is to know. If I was to use a movie, I'd say it's kind of like the matrix, right? You know, pulling them in for something that isn't actually real. Listen, that's why I'm here. That's why myself and people that I know work so hard. Maybe that it's even why you turned on this podcast today because you feel this pull towards things, but somewhere deep down, you know that there's more to what's going on and what has been going on that meets the eye. What can we do about it though? That's the question. Well, let's go back to the glass analogy. What is our glass full of? If the glass represented our life, you know, the heaviest, um, another way of saying it is the most substantial things in a glass. Like if you have like a smoothie or you're like mixing something, they usually, what do they do? They sink to the bottom and form the foundation. If you took a look at your life, what forms the base? Is it a drive towards wealth? Is it self-preservation? The need to prove someone wrong or to prove yourself right? If we keep treating God like a supplement just to smooth out the dips on the top so we, you know, we won't make it in this life, what do we do? We need to flip the glass. Work hard, God first. That's how uh, I heard one person put it. Work hard, God first. Love people, you know, chase purpose, fulfill your potential, but God first. Make outrageous amounts of money. Bless the socks off of people around you, but God first. Become the person that you know that you need to be do the things that God has placed on your heart to do, but God first. See, when God is the foundation, everything built on top of it will be blessed. Can I just even point out a lie that we believe and have heard for a while? The lies that we choose, like for whatever reason, it's the dreamer, it's God. This is what happens for whatever reason. It's wealth or it's God. Listen, both, but in right order. And sometimes you recognize that when you actually have proper perspective by putting God first, certain things don't carry as much weight anymore. God, then wealth, will change the lives of people all around you. Wealth and then God will be self-serving with the appearance of religion and will ultimately lead to destruction. Let me encourage you. God first, right? This is actually very difficult even for myself. God first. Because it's very easy for me to say into, uh, into the microphone, but what am I going to do the next 14 days between now and the next podcast when we, when we talk again, right? Am I actually going to live this out? No more supplementing when things are falling apart, just to rush back to the usual way of doing things. No more, you know, just squeezing God in where we can, you know, check off a box. No more living a life of supplemental Christianity. As for where to start, remember, you hunger for what you feed yourself with. Maybe it's time to change the diet, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know what? I just pray right now that you're in health. I pray that you would be filled with hope and that today's show started to stir something in you. Maybe even just a question. Hey, if my life was a glass, like what would it be filled with? And am I just kind of just putting God over the surface of it? You know, so everything looks good and hopefully he just blesses everything. I'm just going to just put a little bit on top, but everything else is just full. Because listen, what you're full of, that's eventually going to start coming out in your decisions and the way that you think and all these different things. But I pray that you would be filled with hope. And that once again, today's show uh, did stir this conversation up. Remember, keep moving forward. We need all hands on deck here. Step up and out and be the man and woman of action that God has called you to be. Until next time, God bless my friends. <laughs>